Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com slash give. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning again. want to welcome everyone here. want to welcome those uh, watching online as well. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor, and we are in this series, uh, Happily Even After. And we're looking at, uh, despite maybe some challenges we face relationally, how we can uh, have a, a great relationship, specifically the marriage relationship, is where we focus. I know we have a lot of people who are uh, single here, and thanks for hanging with us uh, these weeks. We're wrapping up the series next week, and whether single or married, you are not going to want to uh, miss that week. Uh, today is really focused, though, uh, even more so than, than much of the messages, uh, many of the messages I've done, uh, on uh, people and uh, their stage of life, especially with children. I like to do this every once in a while just to see uh, who's here. Now, I know this is a big midwinter break, uh, but I imagine there are still some people here uh, with kids. How many of you have young kids? Okay, a lot of you. That's okay. That's great. And you're here on midwinter break. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, how many of you have uh, kids elementary age? Okay, yeah. Teenagers? Oh, lots of you. And uh, how many of you uh, are empty nesters? Yeah, look at them. They're the happy ones. Uh, how many of you are boomerangers? They came back. Yeah, they're the bitter ones. Yeah, they're. Uh, so, uh, and whether you're pre kid, no kid, never kid, uh, there's a lot that God has called us to. Uh, in this area. And I just want to say, too, I know as I, I do a message uh, uh, on marriage and kids, for some of you, that's just not been able to happen. And I, I know there can be a lot of challenges and emotions around that. Just want to let you know that, that we, we recognize that. Some of my greatest heroes in the church are people because of maybe choice or circumstance or biology. They, they don't have kids, but they still invest in the life of kids. Uh, really, in our kids' ministry, we see that. So many people who serve in a powerful way. Well, uh, I want us to be reminded, before we look at the challenges, of the intent of that God has, uh, children are a blessing. It says in Psalm 127, 3, it says, children are a heritage. In the New Living Translation, it says, children are a blessing from the Lord. And they really are. Uh, in fact, my girls are both home this weekend, and you get to see yourself in your kids a little bit and enjoy that relationship uh, with them. My oldest daughter said uh, she is working on a stand-up comedy routine, and she has seven minutes done. And I'm like, that's awesome. Can I hear it? And she goes, no, most of it's about you. <laughs> So maybe they're not always a blessing uh, in the way that we would think. Well, uh, the reality is that if you're married, kids have an impact on your marriage. And I'm going to teach more than preach today. 
and, but thank you for your feedback. Have gotten so much feedback and questions. I've actually met with a lot of you during this series. I think God is doing incredible work in uh, relationships. Talk to married couples, dating couples, and everything in between. Well, what is the reality of the impact on kids in a marriage? Uh, the first one is less intimacy. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, intimacy leads to little kids, and little kids lead to less intimacy. And uh, that is just a reality. That's part of life uh, as your, uh, all sorts of factors around that. It can't continue to be that way, but that's just what happens. And so I just want you to know if that sort of happened in your relationship, that's normal. Uh, there's also, number two, more commonality. See, uh, if you're married... Children will amplify whatever you have in a marriage relationship. If you have a great re marriage relationship, you're going to find an even deeper bond. There's a sense of purpose. Uh, but if you have a, a struggle, be careful. I've talked to couples who have said, you know what? The marriage isn't going very well, so we decided we'd have kids. That is not a good plan, my friend. That is not a good plan. Because kids also lead to increased stress. Uh, there, there's the stress. I mean, I, we didn't have kids. I was going to say I didn't have kids. Actually, I did not have the kids, just to let you know that. Uh, I mean, I did most of the work, let's face it. But, uh, no, but we did not have kids uh, until I was 30 years old. And uh, so I could look at, with a little more perspective uh, on that. But I was still shocked that I had responsibility for a human being. I'm like, Don't, doesn't anyone know better? I am not that responsible. And there's this stress. Hopefully you have a little bit of stress around it because you consider the incredible opportunity that kids are, that, that God has given you an assignment. And that really leads uh, to number four is greater purpose. Now, if you're a follower of Christ, uh, and I know a lot of people, you know, we have a lot of people, you're just checking out faith, or, or, and that's great. You know, I have conversations every week, and you say, uh, I, I've had people, hey, I come from a Hindu background, uh, I'm not a Christian, can I come here? Absolutely. I think you're going to get a lot of great principles out of that, or whether it's that, or Buddhist, or Jewish, or, or no background at all. Uh, you're going to learn a lot. I believe, for those who have decided to follow Jesus Christ, uh, we have this sense of purpose. And this purpose is rooted in how God views us. And, and I want you to, to hear this. If you look in the scriptures, in, 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 the, in the older part of the Bible, the, he, the Hebrew scriptures, it says that we are made in the image of God. And that you may come to this point today and you feel like, okay, all my failures are on display. Do you know that you are still made in the image of God? And that God creates and can recreate that image in you, just no matter what you're going through. And so don't let this be a stopping point if you struggle. If you say, hey, uh, you know, if you know what I did or the relationship that just ended, and maybe you say it was, hey, it was mostly my fault. But that God still has a great purpose for you. Well, in, in life, we know that as if you're a Christ follower, but also kids create a sense of purpose. It says this, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are reward from him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. In, in, in the songbook of the Bible, the Psalms, it talks about kids 
uh, can be a blessing. They also can be a challenge as well. And the real challenge is this, is for the marriage relationship that we're looking at in particular. And, and I say this, by the way, if you're empty nesters or about to be empty nesters, know that's a transition point in marriage. That some marriages don't really make it through at all or in a healthy way. There's kids have an impact. The question is, is it going to be a positive impact or is it going to be a negative one? Well, where does, how do we grow through the marriage relationship with kids? Number one, you need to start with the right mindset. And, and no matter what tools, and I'm going to look primarily at some tools uh, to help you in the marriage relationship, if you have the wrong mindset, it's not going to work out. Do you know that there's never been more relational tools? People have never been more emotionally or socially aware than they are today, yet people aren't necessarily happier. In fact, uh, if you look at our society now uh, across the world, but even in our country, it, you know, education, uh, healthcare, economy, we're not at war, all these wonderful factors uh, in, in life that may not be what you're experiencing right now, but people go to the point of despair more. And the thing is, we start with a mindset that's limited now, in relationships in Philippians, the book of Philippians in the Bible, I did a message series on that called Enjoying Right Now. I love, I love that book of the Bible. In chapter 2, it talks about Jesus. And I never looked at it quite this way before, even though I've read this many times. Look at this passage. It says, in your relationships with one another. Now, this is a relationship passage. It's describing how we should approach relationships. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You say, how do I know what that is? It tells us. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used at his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Often we're told, if I just look out for me, I'm going to be happier. You can do that, it just doesn't work. There's something about when I know, when I defer to the other, that I actually find more joy. You, you see people who have happy marriage relationships, they've deferred to the other. Now, we don't do this because maybe someone's taken advantage of you before. Maybe you've been hurt before. But the reality is, until we start with this mindset of serving, we never find joy. A second aspect of growing through marriage is enjoy and grow with each season. Uh, someone sent me this uh, a while back, and it's talking about first, second, and third kids. With your first child, you spend a good uh, bit of time every day just gazing into their eyes. With your second child, you spend a good time every day just trying to make sure the older child is not pushing, poking, or hitting the other child. With your third child, you spend a good bit of time each day hiding from your children. <laughs> uh, I shared that on Saturday night, and a kid came up to me and said, I'm the first child. <laughs> uh, you know, the kids change things. Uh, one, uh, one time I was doing a marriage counseling, and a couple looked at me very straight face, and, you know, we're talking about this, and I said, hey, are you going to have, uh, they were going to get married, I said, uh, do you, do you want to have kids? And they said, oh yeah, we're going to have kids as long as that doesn't impact our lifestyle at all. And I did what you did, I laughed at them. And uh, I'm like, are you serious? And literally, these are, these are college-educated 
professionals, and they literally thought that having a child would not impact their lifestyle. And the truth is, it does, in a great way, in a challenging way. It's a little bit of both. Now, uh, the truth is that we, how we approach that is uh, really important. We approach it with the right attitude, and we also understand every stage of life is a stage. Ecclesiastes 3.1, uh, it says, There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. And if you have uh, young kids, that's a season of life. You, you, you say, hey, we, we, we're going to do things differently. We can't go out like we used to. A friend of mine who lives on the East Coast called me. It was 5 p.m. our time on a Friday night. It's like 8 p.m. on Friday. I said, what are you doing? It's like, hey, we're just hanging with the kids. They have little kids. If you have little children, it's just a season. You, lean into that season. Enjoy each other. Become an expert on every show on Netflix. Uh, it's, you know, that's sort of the season uh, that you're in. I had uh, some people say afterwards, you're right on that one. That's sort of the season we're in. When kids are in elementary and you cart them around, that can be more challenging on a marriage because if you have more than one, you're in one direction, you're going another direction. But you have the opportunity to talk with the children and to enjoy that relationship. And then when they're teenagers, uh, great season too. You get to talk to them in a more adult way. And, and here's the thing. If you just need to lean into every season and into each other. Because here's, here's one thing we know is that if your children sense weakness, they will turn against you. They will have, have any of you, and I just want to just take a, have any of you ever had one of your kids, they didn't like the answer they got from you, so they went to the other parent? Okay, yeah, that's universal, right? Yeah, some of you say, oh, I don't believe in sin. I just proved it right there. And we need to be united front, loving them, encouraging them, but also leaning into our own relationship as well. Uh, number three is to fight for connection beyond the kids. And it, it, you say, well, I just want to be a good parent. If you're a good parent, you'll fight for connection beyond the kids. Because do you know what the marriage relationship provides? is safety and security. Now, that being said, if you say, well, what happens if we, you know, we're divorced and re remarried? Well, you, you create in the situation you're in that safety and security. So uh, connection beyond the kids is so important for a marriage relationship. My wife Terry and I, uh, right as the kids were getting older, we were about ready to become empty nesters. Uh, we went to a marriage counselor. And uh, because we realized our connection needed to be better than it was. And some of you are like, Pastor Ben, I can't believe that you would need a counselor. Well, it wasn't for me. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, my wife's there, she's going to kill me. Uh, so, uh, well, and the funny thing is, is that the, uh, I, I, the reason I wanted to fire this counselor because he thought all the problems were mine. So evidently he was not a very spiritually attuned person. Uh, but, but the truth is, is that we leaned into our kids. And we didn't regret that, but we realized that the relationship was so much about the kids that we would be in trouble later on. And if you're, and some of you are in that space right now. Here's the thing is you can rebuild that. 
You really can't. It takes work, it takes energy, and it takes effort. It takes way less effort than trying to start that whole process uh, again. Now, part of this has to do with intimacy. It says uh, uh, this in the scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 3. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise, the wife to her husband. Uh, before that, the verse I have before that talks about unity of the spirit. Uh, an, another way is described in the New Living Translation is the husband should not deprive his wife of sexual intimacy, which is her right as a married woman, nor should the wife deprive her husband. Some of you are like, is that in the Bible? Yeah. Isn't it funny, the caricature around Christianity, around intimacy? And that's the scripture. That's actually the command of the Lord. Some of you are saying, I will obey you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, it, 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 because, because there's something that happens. Remember we studied the first week in the book of Genesis, God's original intent, that the two become one flesh. That's not the totality of it, but it's part of it. And you might say, hey, you know what? And I have talked to folks uh, and say that hasn't been happening, maybe for days or weeks or months or years. That, that, that can be rebuilt. I just want to let you know. It can be. I've seen it so many times. The choice is, are you going to rebuild that in your marriage relationship? It's going to take energy and effort and uh, really focus. See, here's what happens as we get busy in life. And we forget that part of life. Uh, maybe you're both working. And here's what typically happens with uh, two working couples. You go to bed and you bring that romantic of all things to bed, the laptop computer. Yeah, you know, and you, I know you're laughing because you do it, right? And you're like, yeah, I want romance, but first let me do a few emails. And do you know that the bedroom is meant for sleep and other activities? It's not meant for that. And so what I'm just saying is you need to guard that space. It, it, it is very important. You need to remove distractions. That's significant because otherwise the distractions were overwhelmed. Uh, and, and men and women in general, their, their minds work differently. Men, men usually can uh, focus on one thing at a time. And women are able to like, their, their brains are like, they can think of lots of things at the same time. And uh, not true of every man and every woman. And so if your house is a mess... Do you know what your wife is thinking about? The dishes. You're like, hey, baby. And she's like, yeah, hey, baby, let's clean the dishes. And so uh, when I found that out, do you know what? That we've never had a dirty dish in our house since. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things that, that you need to become an expert on each other, love each other. It's God's intention. It's not anything shameful. It's in the right context, by the way. That's where we usually mess up. We, we want it in our own context instead of what God has designed it for. And you need to also be realistic about it. Seasons change. Seasons change. And in fact, uh, when, you probably think I'm a better husband than I really am, but one of the things I, uh, I make, I'll make breakfast for my wife 
uh, from time to time. And, I, and that's been sort of a fun thing in uh, Make Breakfast, What She Likes, Easy Meal to Make. And uh, I don't know if it was the Seattle Times or some other Wall Street Journal or some other paper I was reading. And uh, I, I was reading an article and it said, a man will live longer if he has sexual intimacy nearly every day. And so I was reading that article, and as I made breakfast, I thought I'd just lay it out for my wife. <laughs> and uh, so we're, uh, and I didn't say anything, because I didn't want to be too off obvious. So we're just having their breakfast. She's reading. She looks up at me, and she goes, you're dying young. <laughs> you know, we just need to be realistic. Part of this is get tools in a team to grow your marriage. Get tools in a team to grow your marriage. We talk a lot about team here, that it's important that no one does life alone, that we need other people to share our joys, our struggles, to get wisdom from in that marriage relationship. It says in Proverbs 1.5, uh, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Interesting, in the book of Proverbs, Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived besides Jesus, he talks about foolish people a lot and wise people a lot. And he says, foolish people always go on their own. He says, foolish people say, I don't need advice. And wise people, they're already smart, but look at what he says. Why, the, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. We all need help to grow. We all can be better. Think about professional athletes. Every one of them has a coach. Now, LeBron doesn't say, you know what, I don't need any more input. The people who are the best at what they do get coaching. And so do you want a great marriage? Then you'll get that. Well, how, do, how does that uh, happen? There's going to be an online tool we're putting on our website that'll be an assessment tool uh, where you can just sort of say, hey, how is our marriage doing right now? Uh, that's going to be significant. Maybe you haven't been here for this whole series, and normally I don't promote my own message series, but really this is meant to be taken in a totality. And so would listen to those and say, okay, how am I doing in communication? How am I doing on trust? How am I doing with uh, repairing brokenness? How am I doing with living out God's real intent? How am I doing with intimacy and with our kids? And you can have that as a discussion point together. I also suggest uh, that, that maybe if you haven't talked about this for a while, is get a book and read it together. A book can be a great arbiter, uh, especially if there's tension in the relationship. If you're dating, we have a lot of dating couples or engaged couples, then I would encourage this book by uh, Dennis Rainey. It's called Preparing for Marriage and uh, Discovering God's Plan for a Lifetime of Love. And if you read that together, that'll help you to have a, a better start to your relationship. Uh, one of my favorite books, and many of you have read it, it's by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. This book is important because oftentimes we work really hard, but we're trying to express love in a way our spouse cannot feel it. And so uh, we get frustrated because we're, we're trying, but we're not trying the right things. And so I encourage you to read that book or to reread it again. Uh, it talks about the way people feel loved and express love. Uh, here, here's a, an, another book. Now, this is a little older book. It's called Love and Respect. And this one I don't suggest as a first read at all. But if you say, hey, we're struggling in our relationship. We're at a tension point. Maybe we're at a quitting point. 
then this book uh, describes actually from Ephesians chapter 5 in the Bible. Like I said, a little, little older book, older style, but still it's helpful. And as you read these books together, it'll, you'll get a discussion point. Also, we have uh, growth groups here at our church. Now, Snowmageddon, the good thing about Snowmageddon for some of you is uh, the groups that were supposed to begin two weeks ago didn't begin. You say, hey, I can't jump into a group that's already started. Most of the groups haven't started yet. So you, no more excuses. Well, where do I sign up? At the Connection Center. Will there be anyone to help me? Yes. When should I do it? Now. I have another question. Stop. So I'm, I'm just saying that that will, from my perspective, talking to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of couples over the years, that people who live life in community have a stronger marriage and can grow. And we have groups for whether you're a blended family or couples without kids or empty nesters or what, everything in between. Get a team around you to grow your relationship. This weekend would be the one to sign up. There's also mentors and counselors. We need someone to speak into our life who's gone a little bit further than we have, who's been able to have some success. And, and usually it's, and, and don't go to someone in the lobby afterwards and say, will you be my personal Oprah or Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, that's not going to, that's going to just freak people out. Just in relationship, maybe in your growth group or your ministry team, if you're on one of the, if not, I encourage you, just say, hey, you know, can we have coffee every once in a while? And you can learn from someone who's been a little bit further down the road from you. My wife and I, a few years back, we were at a, a live theater production. A lot of people there who were well past retirement at this particular uh, place. I think it was when we were uh, down in Coronado, uh, California. And we were there, and there was this live production. And it was a play about all the drama that was going on in this family. And there was an older couple who was right in front of us. And you could tell both of them were a little bit hard of hearing. Because as things were going on in the play, the wife would go over to the husband and she'd go, I think they're fighting. And everyone in the whole theater could hear it. And then she'd go, this isn't going to work out. And then, and then he's just, you know, sort of listening. And finally she goes, I think they're going to make it. And, and the funny thing, I looked at, I really wasn't, at that point, is interested in the play. I was interested in this couple who you could tell had spent a lifetime together. And in her mind, no one else was in the room but the partner that she loved and that she cared for. And he, she didn't want him to miss out on anything. And that kind of love, that kind of relationship, is really what God has created you for. And you say, hey, I'm not experiencing that right now. My prayer is that you would draw so close to Jesus and follow him in the steps that are outlined in Scripture that you would start to step into that again. You might be here and you say, I need help. One of the things is the church, we've made a commitment 
that if you say, hey, I need counseling and we don't, you don't have the resources, that we will come alongside and help you in that as well. Because one of our sayings around here is that no one stands alone. And that we come together and we say, God, even in areas where we've struggled, God, we believe that you have better for us. Final point is this. Remember, this can be fun. Remember when you, if you're married, when you got married? You said those vows that are something like this. I take you to have and to hold from this day forward. For richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. And there's something about that commitment in that moment that you're so full of hope. And my prayer is that you're walking in that hope and you say, you know what, we're living out God's blessing. But if not, there's always the opportunity to say, hey, we're going to get back on track today with God and with each other. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.